0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this New Books Network podcast. My name is Catriona Gold. I'm a PhD candidate at University College London, and today I'm very excited to be interviewing James Sidaway and Til Pasha about their new co-written book, Transsecting Security Scapes, Dispatches from Cambodia, Iraq, and Mozambique, which is coming out in December 2021 with University of Georgia Press. James Sidaway is Professor of Political Geography at the National University of Singapore and co-editor of the Singapore Journal of Tropical Geography. Till Pasha is Associate Professor of Political Geography at Soran University, Kurdistan region, Iraq. So welcome to the podcast, James and Till.
1: Thanks. Hi. Thank you.
0: All right. So... Usually, I like to start by asking our authors to tell us a little bit about themselves. So perhaps we could start by hearing a little bit about your academic or maybe personal trajectory as it relates to this book, what you've worked on before now leading up to the book, and perhaps how this kind of leads you or led you to create this work. So um, maybe you could go first, Till.
2: Yeah. Um well, yeah, it's quite complex. Like in a way the, the the new book is kind of a summary of my academic life so far. Um I started my, my I'm German. I started my uh undergrad studies in Germany and then pretty soon moved to the UK for my masters and PhD because well political geography in Germany Uh, It wasn't really happening back then, so I moved to the UK and met James quite fast. And I was always interested in security-related issues, Um, landmines, private military companies, uh, private security companies. Um, So when I was doing my PhD at Plymouth University, I was setting up my uh, my PhD research in South Africa in 2010, and then we had this little funding available at the university or at the department, this pump funny uh, funding to kick off new research. And James applied for it um, for Mozambique. And Mozambique is quite close to South Africa. So we kind of combined the first trip there. And um, yeah, then I, I moved on after my PhD to do a postdoc in Switzerland. We worked on security in terms of smart cities, um, which is very different from private military companies and landmines. Nonetheless, it's linked to security in various forms and aspects. But we we kind of stayed connected and my my research for that project was in Singapore, so I visited James, we went to Cambodia, and then eventually uh, I went to Iraq uh, or Kurdistan to be precise. Partially because I was tired of applying for fundings, I was tired of chasing jobs that don't really exist, um, and I went to Iraq and they gave me money and I could do pretty much everything I wanted to do without any risk assessment and whatnot forms. Uh, I could just go places and um, yeah, from there kind of uh, things developed. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. And so you're you're still yeah you're and you're still there now or that's that's where you work at the moment right no i'm actually
2: ah it's complicated so since (laughs) sorry since yeah no it's fine it's iraq right um it's it wouldn't be easy um it's My university hasn't received funding, or the Kurdistan region hasn't received funding from the federal government or the the central government in Baghdad since 2014. So there hasn't been any money coming in since 2014. None of us has been paid since 2014. Um, So I'm not there anymore since I don't get any any salary. Uh, Most of the Western staff we had there has left, and... Uh, Iraqi Kurdistan is still in a major crisis, which the world kind of forgot about because ISIS is gone um, and everyone thinks now it's back to normal. Well, it isn't for the Kurds, so um, they're still struggling to survive, Um, Yeah, as they always do in history, unfortunately, Um, but I'm in Canada now.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. And I, I mean, I'm sorry to hear that um, as well. Um, but I mean, I did know, yeah, I did notice that the, the photo on the cover of, of this book uh, is you, Till. Um, and so I, yeah, I assumed there was there was a story to be told. Um, yeah, about that as well. But maybe, yeah, maybe we can come to that later. Um, I'd like to yeah um, so thank you um yeah and, and what about you James how did you how did you come to, to be writing this book what have you worked on sort of leading up to this I mean that might be difficult to sum up in a nutshell but uh, the broad strokes
1: sure thank you um, I, I, probably the best way to uh, to tell the story is really to return to the moment that till talked about uh, which was uh, uh, he'd come to uh, Plymouth uh, in, in England where, where I was a prof uh, in the geography department and I, I was his co-advisor uh, for this project on uh, on security um, in, in uh, Johannesburg looking at private security companies uh, an ethnography um, and this money became available small amount of money called pump priming that the uh, uh, department uh, made available in a very straightforward application process, you know, a page, a uh, modest amount of money uh, to do, uh, t- to get some research rolling, uh, knowing Till would already be uh, heading down to South Africa. And having worked uh, in Mozambique myself as a doctoral student uh, 20 years uh, 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 prior uh, to that time, uh, we decided uh, to add on this uh, 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 till coming over to uh, uh, Maputo uh, uh, with me um, and uh, make a short uh, uh, research visit to Maputo. So for me, it was a return to a city that I knew well from 20 years before, because I'd, I'd spent uh, a year there, or the better part of a year there, as a, as a doctoral student um, um, two decades earlier. And out of this came uh, this idea of, well, we're here for a short time. I have good contacts in this city. It's a place I know very well. I speak the, uh, the, 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 the vernacular, uh, the state language of, of Portuguese. Um, what can we do in this kind of time? And um, given Till's interest in, in more uh, longer-term ethnographic uh, work on uh, uh, security, we thought, well, by what means could we perhaps do something that meaningful? Um, and uh, we decided uh, to do these urban transects, uh, walking parts of Maputo that I knew very well from 20 years uh, before and using those as a, as a narrative strategy uh, to talk about security, to kind of see where this would, would, would take us. Um, I, I left after that and left till in Maputo uh, uh, setting him up with a, uh, uh, a local research assistant, uh, and translator. And then till kind of did some interviews. Um, and so it kind of generated this idea that we can do this kind of, uh, uh, uh research, uh, moving through, uh, uh security scapes, transecting spaces and using this walking uh, methodology. I- I'd been interested in walking methods, uh, around a, a literature that comes out of France and, and uh, the UK, so-called psychogeography. And uh, a couple of years earlier, I, I, or I'd just written a paper um, about encountering geopolitics um, in the city of Plymouth in England, based upon uh, a single walk uh, through the city. So that that was in our head, uh, but we continued to kind of experiment with this uh, uh, this method and, and we did that work in maputo and felt that it was it was rewarding it couldn't have been done i don't think if i didn't have that prior uh level of familiarity uh with the city um so it, it didn't come out of nowhere it wasn't a first encounter with a place uh, however when uh, when i moved to um uh, singapore um not too long afterwards until i finished Uh, his doctorate, and took up a postdoc in in Switzerland. Uh, There was some funding available here, and uh, I'd long been attracted uh, by uh, Phnom Penh uh, as a city to think about similar themes uh, to those that Maputo foregrounds. Revolution, uh, conflict, uh, fast accumulation, neoliberalism, rapid transformation, post-socialism, uh, uh uh late colonialism, uh empire. Uh and uh, there was a uh a Khmer uh a postgrad uh, in the department here in, in the National University of Singapore, P. Ceph who could uh, assist us and set things up uh for us and uh, and together with uh, another colleague, uh Chi Wan Woon, um a political geographer faculty member here, um we had a little bit of money and because Till was over in the region already working in Singapore, we made a series of visits to Phnom Penh. And, uh, we decided we could, uh, having used the methodology in, in Maputo and published one paper from it, we decided we could do something similar in Phnom Penh. It couldn't be done as quickly, uh, because we didn't have Khmer language. So we had to work w- through, uh, a PCF and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and others. But we had more time uh, because Till was a postdoc, because we could make these repeated visits, a relative proximity of, uh, of Phnom Penh uh, to Singapore, it's, it's um, just a couple of hours' up, up, up flights uh, away, it meant that I could keep going back. Till could spend some extended periods there. And I think we did more interviews as well um, on, in the, in the uh, Phnom Penh uh, uh, research um in that process um we um decided that we would like to add a third uh site and at this time we didn't really have the book in mind we, we okay there is some there's some research money is available and uh i had prior contacts in uh, uh kurdistan and i'd been in i'd been in eastern Anatolia, the uh, turkish Kurdistan as a student uh, uh, myself in the in, in the back in the 1980s when I was an undergrad and uh, um, and I'd made a couple of visits there also had uh, contacts Kurdish contacts uh, back in Plymouth in England where uh, um, Tilamy had been in the Kurdish uh, uh, refugee uh, community there that kind of led back into Kurdistan so kind of using those uh, those contacts. And again, uh, relatively limited uh, 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 resources. We went uh, more or less together, actually, to Kurdistan, I think, Till, you went uh, a little bit uh, ahead of me. And at that point, as Till already explained, he was looking for a, uh, uh, a faculty <laughs> kind of tenure track uh, uh, position. And uh, um, at that point, uh, resources were, uh, were flowing through uh, the Kurdistan uh, regional government, they, they offered him a position. So he ended up staying there. So Till's relationship with the place could, could become um, sustained. Uh. Uh, and then I made um, a, a repeat visit uh, the following year and, and spent uh, time with him there. So we, we repeated the kind of work that we'd done in um, starting out in Maputo, um some years earlier and then uh, replicating or, or, or re-enacting or reworking in in, in Phnom Penh Cambodia uh, in uh, Iraqi Kurdistan but of course we started doing it on a rather different scale and over a longer period because till was living uh, and working there and of course deeply deeply engaged in the place so a, a rather different uh, uh, relationship. Um, uh, to the place. and In, in turn, this, this, this kind of walking, transacting security method I've continued to uh, use um, uh, with uh, uh, others and by myself in other sites since. And uh, we, we talk about that uh, uh, in the book. So there's a paper uh, with an uh, Indian grad student, uh, Jasnia Sama, who's now a lecturer uh, in political geography um, in Zurich. Uh, in, in switzerland and uh, she was working in uh, myanmar uh, where she could speak several of the vernaculars um, uh, and uh, we went together to yangon uh, where she was and she spent an extended period there and uh, use the same kinds of methods with the same interests of mapping security of encountering different forms of Private and public security and insecurity in the context of a city undergoing you know, uh, 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 all kinds of transformations. And so we wrote a paper together uh, on uh, uh, similar themes of security uh, and similar methods um, in uh, in Yangon. And in turn, um, uh, just before COVID, a couple of years ago, just as we were uh, trying trying to finish the book. Um, uh, I spent some time in, in, in Mecca, um, where, I mean, Mecca is a place where one does a lot of walking, um, you know, the Umrah and Hajj, uh, and I, I, I did an Umrah in Mecca, is, is about walking. Um, walking is part of, of what one enacts as part of that, uh, uh, that, that process. Uh, but of course, I did, one does a lot of other walking and attuned to this kind of way of thinking critically uh, after the Umrah was completed. I spent some time also walking and mapping uh, different security scapes uh, in Mecca, the same kinds of things of public uh, and private uh, uh, surveillance. So that, that work isn't isn't written up. Um, and it was done uh, um, really to kind of see, see what might be possible there. And it's something that, of course, COVID uh, then stopped, which raised a whole set of other issues about security and insecurity. Um, so my own, my own PhD research had been in Maputo, Mozambique. Um, but when I went back there with Till, uh, which is you know, more than 10 years ago now, I hadn't been there for, for uh, a good kind of 15 plus years. So after my PhD research, I went back and did some more research in Mozambique, but then I moved on to other sites. I worked in, in Portugal. I worked on the Portuguese-Spanish border. Uh I worked on Portuguese geopolitics, and I, I started working um uh in other sites here in, in, in Southeast Asia. So, in a way, you know, this book with Till um is the culmination of of a or comes out of a three decade plus Set of encounters you know that return to Maputo after twenty years with till and then um, some years after that um, the work together in Phnom Penh and then finally uh, the work in uh, in uh, Iraqi Kurdistan and then a long process of writing i mean the long process of writing was uh, w- w- was was protracted in part because of uh, uh till's uh, subsequent uh, movements. But I think this is something we can come to um, a bit later on.
2: Yeah, just to follow up um, what what James says, the original funding, the pump primary funding from Plymouth University, it was just $3,000. And we basically did the whole research with that uh, and wrote the Environment and Planning A paper. So when we later argue that the methodology is really useful also for grad students or students, <clears throat> with limited budgets to collect data, empirical data in the field. Yeah, it, it actually is able to do it with very little money. Um, I just wanted to add that.
0: Great. Um yeah, well and that I mean this is all <laughs> absolutely fascinating and such a long sort of backstory or yeah, this book being the culmination of so much work. Um it's very impressive. Um I'm wondering if we could if we could go back to um, that sort of theoretical and, and methodological question about, you know, what you're getting at in, in the book. So, you know, why, why did you feel this book was sort of necessary to, to write? I mean, cause you did choose to write the book obviously after having done all these other projects. Um, and, and I'm wondering, you know, what, what the utility is of this concept of the security scape. And, and maybe you could talk a little bit about what, what, a security scape is where this, this idea of escape comes from. Um, I know you explained this really well in the book, so you don't have to replicate all that here, but perhaps a brief overview for our listeners would be helpful um, and feel free in the process to give a shout out to any scholars or indeed non-scholars who've shaped your thinking on this.
2: Yeah, I think <clears> the <throat> sole secu- I mean, one of the reasons why we kind of came back to the book i mean the papers were all written um the case studies and vi- we published it in environment and planning a but w- we kept thinking about the idea of of to write a book because we felt that or at least i think to us it's it's a method it's as much a methodology book as it is about security um, we felt that we really have to say a little bit more about the methodology uh, tie our experiences together from the f- three case studies because our methodology of transacting space of walking encountering space um, evolved with each case study and that didn't really come out in the paper so um, we felt there's a need to actually think about it a little bit more um, especially because we've gotten good feedback from the papers and the feedback from the papers wasn't just all your contribution to the subject is really interesting. The feedback was also it's a very pleasant read. Like it's one of the feedbacks we gotten is um we read your papers and it's like we're walking through these spaces with you. And we thought there's something in there that um you know we should promote that a little bit little bit stronger and use the book for that. That's why this kind of transacting idea is fairly fairly prominent in the title um, we really thought we are on to something especially when it comes and there it links to security but it comes to spaces that are not necessarily secure like how do you how do you research insecure spaces possibly war zones I wrote a couple of papers while we were working on the while we were working on the book on uh, working in conflict zones with journalists etc so, we really thought there's something there we can contribute. Yeah, to spaces that are very different, difficult to research, but important. Important for political geographers um, that we at least to try to understand them. Um, so yeah, this is the whole methodology kind of aspect, and then the security aspect of things was um, this the, the debate about security gotten or security scapes like spaces where securities and insecurity happen is very theoretical um often. Um, it's a very theoretical debate. It's a lot of a lot of thinking, a lot of yeah, just debating theory and security and this contributed to this idea that, you know, security within critical academia becomes something negative. It becomes part of this whole neoliberal machinery. Um, and I feel what, what gotten a little bit forgotten in, in, in the university context is that security is really the absence of insecurity. And that's good for many people in the you know like being secure is not a negative state um so we really wanted to kind of contribute a bit to this debate about security insecurity and what security means from like a grounded grounded perspective and have a look what what does it mean what what does security mean on the streets and well, our case studies, um, and how does it, does it work there? What does, in, what does insecurity mean in our case studies? And like for, you know, something that never made it into the book, it's um, because it was quite difficult to write. But the first case study in Maputo, once, 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 once James left, I, um, outside the hotel we were staying, um, there was a man lying in garbage and he had died. Uh, of starvation he was alive when i when i walked across him or when i walked past him the next in the morning i saw hang on there's someone lying Uh, there was no ambulance to call it was all privatized in maputo so, I basically had to waltz into a five star hotel just next to USAID or USAID, <laughs> um, you know, the kind of center of this Mozambican success story of Mozambique becoming this neoliberal success story. And there was no first aid kit, there was nothing. Uh, the taxi drivers didn't want to drive the man to the hospital because he would make the car dirty. And it, I, you know, it, it kind of shook me on a, on a very basic level that, you know, we are doing this research in the so called success story of, yeah, neoliberal success story. And there's still people just dying in garbage dumps, um, because they have no food. And like this, like it never—I never really talked about this in an academic context. But it shook me like really to the core, and I was like, okay, well, that's something to to consider. You know, when I when I read it, when I read the literature on Mozambique, that doesn't necessarily come out. So yeah, I kind of you know I kind of got drawn into the subject on an emotional level very early and you know i assume we talk about you know what i did after the research um and it never really it never really left me so security from a very early stage like my phd research kind of was a very emotional topic to me or insecurity and what it means and and the book was one way to intervene in that debate handing over to james i guess um
1: yeah, yeah i mean th- i mean there's a number of uh, things to say there that the that- uh, and of course, my own, my own time in, in Mozambique, you know, when I, when I was a grad student, um, the, the, the war um, um, between Bernamo and, and Frelimo, um, 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 a, a complex war um, that had a civil war dimension as well as a regional dimension insofar as uh, Ian Smith's Rhodesia and apartheid. South Africa, you know, uh, were, were 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 protagonists, but then it became deeply embedded uh, in, in in Mozambique, and indeed in, indeed its dynamics are still very very active uh, in in the politics of the country. But that war was 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 underway, so Maputo, in many ways, was kind of cut off uh, from uh, its hinterland, um, um, and travel uh, across Mozambique was was fraught. Uh, so I you know I I did move beyond. Uh, and the focus of the, the doctoral research wasn't wasn't on um, wasn't on security it, it itself. I mean, it, it, it was a study of kind of planning and urban geography, uh, capital, space, power in uh, in, in Maputo uh, in, in a kind of wider context. Um, um, of course, one could not avoid issues of security, but I did travel quite extensively uh in in mozambique which meant uh, moving uh with the mozambican army if one was out of uh the cities or moving uh, uh between cities in convoys some of which uh, uh were were uh, were, were uh, subject to to attack so i had also this kind of very visceral experience um uh of um uh, you know, moving through and encountering uh, a, uh, spaces of, uh, of, of, of in, in a different register, in a more military register at that point of security and insecurity. I mean, I'd just add that as a kind of another another kind of personal kind of framing to that initial uh, uh, Mozambique work. But coming back to your question of kind of security scapes and, and just kind of picking up on what Till said, I mean, the literature on in, in security studies, critical security studies, different scales is absolutely vast um, you know, and, uh, over the last well o- over the, the the last few uh, decades that go into the making of this book that literature has proliferated you know it's in everything from international relations to kind of feminist studies um, um, it, it's absolutely vast uh, 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 field and impossible to entirely survey actually uh, we, we, we we make some efforts uh, in in the book, but it, uh, as as we point out, it becomes uh, um, an impossible uh, task. It would take a, it would take actually many many books to, to, to fully survey uh, that field, and it, it continues to, to proliferate as well. Um, but the scape side, of course, uh, I mean others had used the term security scape. So so we are able to do a little bit of a genealogy of how others others have used uh, 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 that term. Uh, but the scapes idea, of course, has been applied in other contexts. You know, uh, there's a book on borderscapes. escapes. Um, there's work on consumer scapes, you know, uh, hazard scapes. Uh, uh, I co-edited a book on death scapes, uh, spaces of death, dying, um, uh, 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 bereavement. And uh, the idea, of course, is, um, uh, the scapes notion, you know, was was popularized, you know, at really around the end of the Cold War uh, uh, by Apadurai, uh, Arjun Apadurai's uh, disjuncture and difference in the global um, cultural economy. And, he, you know, he talked about ethnoscapes, medioscapes, technoscapes, finanscapes, ideoscapes with the suffix scape to indicate these aren't objectively given things, that these are relational things, that they look different from different angles of vision, that they are perspectival constructs, you know, um, that they're situated with different sorts of actors, that they're variegated, and that one can uh, uh, metaphorically and sometimes literally move through them. And hence this idea of the transect, which combines, you know, an, an old... Uh, a geographical method, an ecological method um, of, of of moving through uh, 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 space and mapping a phenomena, um, and so we kind of put the, these are the these are the things that we put together that you know drawing upon that um, um, uh, scape uh, idea and of course a landscape you yeah? um, know and cityscape, um, warscape. I, and we can go on. We, 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 can, we can be here uh, for many hours discussing the escapes literature. But we, we find it very, you know, very suggestive. You know, um, I mean, it's, it invites empirical work you know, uh, in different ways. And it invites uh, for us um, as, uh, you know, embodied mobile uh, men able to move through space. And, and there's, a, there's a whole, you know, a, a, a gendering to this as well. Um, it invites movements walking, which is how and why we began that work in, 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 Maputo. Um, and then, you know, eventually when it comes to Iraqi Kurdistan, the movement was, uh, was actually more, more in vehicles. Yeah. Uh, we were walking as well, yeah? uh, and encountering checkpoints, um, and so on and so forth, these very material. Uh, processes, you know, of how you get, how do you get from A to B? Um, in in Iraq, you know, you will encounter a whole series of uh, 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 technologies of, uh, of 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 security uh, and people um, that you have to interact with as part of one's process of movement. Much as we do, you know, in many other sites uh, uh, and spaces, borders um, and so on and so forth. COVID has multiplied all of this. And I, I think we also have this kind of interest in security guards, you know, and, and, you know, the private security the literature's on private security, but actually kind of, uh, kind of, um, although the book isn't an ethnography of security guards, there are these kinds of numerous interactions, uh, with security guards who, who as Till once said to me, have, you know, simultaneously one of the world's most boring and often lowly paid jobs. Uh, but also a job that is punctuated by occasional threats of dramatic action, um, which may be once in a career or never, but when they happen, uh, suddenly the job acquires a whole another set of dynamics which often relate to life and death. Um, I think the other the other literature that, that I just mentioned very briefly is, is, of course, this idea of dispatches. Yeah? Um, and, you know, the... the uh i mean the, the 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 dispatch uh idea comes uh, partly out of uh, war reportage and and uh, her uh, famous uh collection of you know of essays and dispatches uh from vietnam what we use as a kind of point of departure in the book and then in turn we look at some of the critiques of that uh genre you know it's it's uh, celebration of uh uh, of militarism, uh, masculinity, its whiteness, its relationship to uh, uh, forms of uh, uh, American popular culture and their modes of exclusion uh, and power. So we're kind of mindful um, uh, of that kind of critique of not only hers dispatches, but of the kind of wider genre of war reportage. And yet at the same time, we cannot, we cannot avoid it. Yeah. At the same time, this is something that we are uh, informed in a way that her couldn't be by the by reading the feminist literatures and and by our personal affiliations and connections. Um, we can rethink or uh, continually enact but problematize this idea of bearing witness and writing a dispatch uh, uh, on a place, whilst recognising that it's a particular mode of encounter. Uh, and and narrating place so that that's where the you know the other part of the title comes from so we've got transecting uh this method of, of moving through space we've got security scapes with all of those literatures on security and the scapes uh idea and we've got the dispatch uh, the notion of a contained uh piece of writing that bears witness to a moment and a place and draws upon you know a uh, a critical sense of the heritage of of writing and reporting uh uh, uh conflict and uh, the limits uh of uh, that genre as well as its power you yeah. um and i think we go back to some of that in in the chapter uh on on iraqi kurdistan and and right at the end of the book uh as well but again we this is something we might might come to.
0: Right. Thank you so much. That's, uh, that, that's very comprehensive. I think, I think you lay it out really well and, and not just the both of you, not just the, um, yeah, getting into, you know, breaking it down what the book is about, but also I think the stakes, um, I think, yeah, those details, um, from Maputo, I think really do get at that, um, and highlight the importance of this, this kind of approach, um, what it can show us. Um, so thank you so much for sharing, all that um I'd like, uh, as we as we round out the interview, I'd like to ask you. This is my personal curiosity, um, but also maybe maybe useful for others considering embarking on a similar project um, in terms of the writing practice here. Um, it's relatively uncommon, uh, obviously, for sort of book to be co-authored um, in in this way, um, and I'm and so I'm wondering if if you would like to share anything about how you approach that as a sort of writing process um you know how you split up the duties or how, how that worked for you too or if you've got any tips maybe for people considering sort of writing together
2: yeah i think i've been we've been writing the papers together so it kind of started there and i think most of the most of the first drafts, we probably even... We kind of spent time together. Like, James moved a lot. I moved a lot. But we always found some time to kind of meet. Um, the first paper we we wrote in Amsterdam, I think, in James's apartment. I remember we wrote some... We wrote in Kurdistan, in the place I was living. Um, yeah, we always try to find, like... Um, time to sit together and talk things through and then one of us would write a first draft and the other would add to it and then it would go back and forth um it i think the book worked because we did it we did it on the smaller papers before so there was like a mutual learning process but james was also my uh, phd supervisor so we had a fairly close contact um you know in the in the in, in this process and it it just happened i honestly i don't think I, I think you know two people need to need to be able to work together otherwise it's very difficult difficult process and the, it it kind of needs to click somehow um and yeah we never we never had any issues we never had an argument about who is first author we never had any issues about you know what goes in the book what stays out they kind of just work quite naturally and flowed um so i i don't really have i don't really have like a, a recipe on how to co-author it just happened it really just came together in our case um and we went with it that, that would be my answer
1: i think i think i mean it's still the places um i mean the book is about places um uh, but um writing together in places was, was, uh, important. Um, so it was, I mean, there were obviously periods when we didn't see each other for quite a long time and, you know, we, we writing, uh, uh, remotely, but it was vital, uh, to reconnect and the, the, you know, this reconnection, this work, you know, extending, you know, over, a, over a decade. Um, and, uh, I, I think also till, if you remember, you know, late on, uh, at one point you, you came out again to Singapore and we would go over to Indonesia, uh, which, which also figures in the book, actually, in terms of, it becomes a kind of another, another story in terms of sites of security and insecurity in the Cold War and the events of 1965. Um, I mean, there's also a kind of long kind of Cold War, post-Cold War story, you know, woven through the narrative of these three uh, uh, dispatches. Uh, these, these three sites in terms of, you know, how they interact, you know, of uh, revolutions and three revolutions and post-conflicts and, and, um, and how they map onto a wider uh, uh, canvas of conflict at different scales, um, which cannot be reduced, you know, to Cold War, post-Cold War. It has colonial, post-colonial uh, dimensions. It has all kinds of local and vernacular uh, 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 Variants in terms of how these things are are, are understood uh, and continue to unfold in in the in the three sites of the dispatches. But I think coming together in places. I mean, I remember you know very vividly when we were in uh, the second time when I came to uh, Iraqi Kurdistan, and our, um, you know your colleagues were on, were always dragging us out. There was a great deal of hospitality and going places, and still saying no. Sorry, d- d- James has to stay in for the next you know, few days uh, with me and, and just because we're we're sitting riding when you came to when you came to um you know singapore we went across to, to uh, 20 20 plus kilometers away um um is batam uh, indonesia we we kind of retreated there which is also a very fascinating place to reflect from um given indonesia's trajectory um in terms of histories of security and insecurity and although indonesia was was not part of our focus it as i say it crops up in the book so being able to spend time together from amsterdam at the beginning um to you know that time in uh iraqi kurdistan to uh quite late on uh, but there was also a time till when i couldn't contact you easily yeah yeah, I mean, we, period we, when, yeah. I, when I, yeah, when I was, uh, it was around 2015,
2: yeah? 15, 16, 17. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I, mean, I think it might be during that time we could have only some encrypted communications. Um, and you want to say a few words about that because I think it's part of the story and it's, it's also part of the story of why the book took so long to finish, which I think enhances and enriches the book. Um, and you know becomes you know the subject of uh, reflection in our in our last uh, in in its closing in the coda uh, the world does not exist for our theories where we have these methodological reflections uh, and talk about other securities you know and we end up actually in in uh, in Rojava uh, in Syria um, I mean this was a period when we couldn't work directly together and we could write at the end again so i mean it might be it might be i think perhaps important to say a few words about that too yeah
2: yeah i mean if if yeah, so, I mean, yeah, me, me especially since, since the image is on the cover of Security Space, I don't think there's any getting around with it. I mean, a disclaimer, I wasn't too pleased that it made it to the cover. Um, but um, the, <laughs> uh, the publisher thought it's great. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, 2014, 2015, I mean, as, as most people... Um, interested in security? Remember, ISIS came. Um, ISIS made the appearance. Um, Mosul fell. Um, the Yazidi homeland of Shingal fell. Um, there was a genocide, uh, an organized genocide. I um, I would compare to the Holocaust um, in terms of its total, like the whole quasi-state of the Islamic state was um, trying to restructure the ethical, religious composition of, the, of, of at least Syria and Iraq. Um, and I was there during the time. So eventually, <clears throat> I went over to Syria, to Rojava, to the Kurdish revolutionary feminist revolution um, as an academic twice. Um, to see what what this what revolution was about um, and then eventually I stayed and joined the uh, Kurdish self-defense forces So <laughs> I mean security states yeah it's kind of we call it I think we still call it participant observation which is a very it's a very extreme form of participant observation and I didn't obviously do it um, to later write about it it was, you know the the um the whole region was in a state of emergency um, geopolitically, politically. Um, everyone in the region was in a state of emergency. It wasn't quite clear what's going to happen next. If the Iraqi Kurdistan region is going to fall to ISIS, if Baghdad is going to fall, um, if 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 Rojava is going to fall to ISIS, so it's really difficult to explain this period. Um, and it's really difficult to explain what was going on during that period, but it's obviously, um, um, you know, having talked about security and the project being emotional, I mean, that continued in a very extreme way. And, um, yeah, eventually, eventually I, um, I I joined the Kurdish forces. There was a there was like a rush of international volunteers, um, joining in particular the Syrian Kurds. Um, and there were routes into Rojava, um, semi illegal routes into Rojava, which we took and um, yeah, joined the Kurdish Kurdish militia. And that's where, and then you know, going on, like I, you know, I, 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 I fought six months, and then went back to Europe for a short while. Did some medical training, went back, and then worked as a medic there. Had eventually my own medic team. Um. And then yeah doing the battle for Mosul, I had a I was there I had a medic team doing that doing that battle for some time and yeah it was it was it was very crazy time that, that really shaped my understanding of security so we then kind of I sat back afterwards with I sat down afterwards and kind of returned to security scapes and obviously this experience heavily impacted especially on the conclusion and how we um um assess the research we did so far yeah
1: and the, 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 there's a backstory there um, I, I mean in terms of uh, uh you know in the book uh you know we both talk about um these uh, uh, till is till is able to draw upon um uh, uh, you know that experience in terms of uh, thinking in, in very embodied and you know visceral ways about security and insecurity but also uh a a critique of of some Mm. of the kind of academic abstraction that we already talked about around security. You know, the idea that, you know, security is is always a neoliberal, you know, state project is always something that we should, uh, that we should resist and refute, Uh, you know, a a much more uh, kind of nuanced sense Mm. um, of the multiple sided uh, signification of that. What it is to be secure and insecure, mm. but the backstory is also, you know, the initial. You know, I talked about our this idea of uh, transect and, you know, um, drew upon a paper that I'd written um, in Plymouth uh, before we went to do the work mm. in, in 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 Maputo, and that that paper uh, becomes a, a a story that in which. Landscapes of militarism and kind of everyday forms of security and insecurity in that English naval city are told through, through a transect. And, and it, it's that we had in mind as, 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 a, as something that could inform the kind of work that we would start doing when we went to Maputo. Uh, but that story also tells a story and is, is, is structured around the sudden death of, uh, of my 10-year-old daughter, uh, Jasmine Layla uh who without any any warning you know picked up uh uh uh, an infection um at her at a school at a primary school uh in plymouth and uh uh, without anyone being able to do anything about it and very suddenly um this very virulent uh, infection that was circulating in between the public hospital in plymouth and schools and care homes and actually uh, uh uh struck a number of other otherwise healthy uh, young uh, victims, including actually a young uh, a young marine. Um, uh, how this this tragic loss um, uh, informed the way that I could think about and um, what it meant to walk through the city because I was walking writing about this this walk that I'd done when Jasmine was alive, but sections of this walk and these places I'd been with Jasmine you know, to play and to, as one does. Um, and so there's that, there's, there's kind of like, you know, at the beginning, uh, although it's in, it's in, it's in the backdrop there, you know, there's that, that story of, uh, of walking with and without my, my, my daughter and how it informed, you know, our way of, my way of thinking and writing about everyday landscapes and forms of security and insecurity um, uh, in, in the city. Um, and that, then crops back up, you know, in, as we say, in this conclusion, this coda, this, this closing mm. chapter where, you know, till, um, um, you say how, ha- how we wrote, I mean, some sections of text are very obviously till, yeah, mm. and some are obviously me and we occasionally move into a, almost into a first person, uh, mm. section, um, um, you know, and until's kind of, you know, a dispatch from, uh, you know, scenes of, uh, conflict. Uh, in Rojava you know are, are, are fed in there and then we kind of link it back uh, to my loss and stories and then you know other other encounters that we'd had in 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 the places that we'd worked and the whole kind of three decade plus story uh, of what became the making of this book but what it did do that that period um, when till was in Rojava, uh our communication was was necessarily Limited, so I carried on working on the book. Uh, I had a sabbatical in, in in Birmingham in in england and uh, and sat there kind of uh, working through all the security scapes and critical security studies literature because I had to get, kind of get that framing sorted out um, knowing that you know hoping that, that that eventually we'd have the chance to, to reconnect and finish yeah. things off. that that was delayed wasn't it till really for for a couple of years Um, yeah it
2: was delayed for a couple of years yeah but i think this you know if if (laughs) as you can see now if we talk about security it gets personal and emotional and quite dark very soon and i think and much of the literature doesn't you know it's it stays as it stays a very theoretical debate and Security isn't just theoretical, it gets dark, it gets emotional. And, you know, it has a profound impact on someone's mental and physical well being. Like, this is what security and insecurity is about. So and I think there needs to be a place in the literature for that as well. And in the debate, I think, yeah. And I think we need yeah. to remind ourselves as, yeah. you know, fairly privileged academics that <clears throat> this exists. Like this world, you know, it's out there and we should acknowledge acknowledge these things. Like, you know, debating debating security with a Syrian refugee family is a completely different debate to debating it in an academic context. And you know, the two I sometimes feel the two need to be become more in sync again. Um, which is a minor critique of the academic debate on the subject but yeah
1: i mean i i, I mean i th- i think i think having said that we did feel i, I um certainly I, w- I was conscious and and um and feel enabled by uh other work that that enacts kind of similar similar grounded work and and, and you know um I guess as a kind of critique of the more abstract international relations notion of security, uh, which is not new. I mean, critical geopolitics has done this, you know, for for for, 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 uh, uh, for, for decades. And in a way our book is, is partly also, uh, you know, a contribution to or informed by critical geopolitics, but also I think enabled by the feminist literature, the repeated critique from uh, um, uh, feminist friends, family, colleagues and the literature to say, hey, what are you talking about here, guys? Your way of knowing security is a very particular way of knowing security. There, there are other insecurities you, that cannot even be seen, do not constitute a visible, tangible scape, uh, interior or may be interior as well as manifest in a, in a scape. So I think uh, cognizance of, the, of those wider literatures, I think, gave us a sense of, well, we can find our voice and way through these and we have you know a a story to tell here that both connects with that literature but is also uh deeply personal and uh experienced and i think i guess this goes back also to that uh notion that genre of a dispatch as, as a mode of bearing witness And we're actually talking more about this than we usually do the two of us don't usually talk about talk very much about this stuff Personally, but now we're we're sharing it with uh, new books uh, uh, network. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it's in the book, but in the book it's, it's in, now the book. in a very yeah. compressed form. You know, um, and I think it's it's I have noticed. Uh, I've commented on this in the past review, till that those who spent extended time in situations of combat, uh, war, or in, as a combatant or or, or, or or as an observer tend to talk about it in very not to talk about it all the time to talk about it in very particular ways. And I think we, that's what we stage in the book, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, this has been commented upon many times. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's it's a uh, you know, th- there's a great deal of uh, reflection on this uh, from from journalists, uh, for example, from from combatants, um, ex combatants. And I think that's also been true you know, of our interactions, we, we don't, and, and int- indeed the way that we, we represent what we've done in the book. And I, I think it's, it, it's, it's very disciplined in the book. It's quite short, it's quite focused, uh, but you can see how it runs through, uh, and gets folded through the three, um, uh, sites, uh, the three dispatches and how we kind of come back to it, um, uh, um, in, in the coder. In the last, in the closing of the book,
0: yeah, absolutely, um, it does come through, and I, I mean, I feel very privileged to be speaking with you about those experiences in perhaps more detail, um, and I'm, I'm very glad that you've sort of shared those with me and with with our listeners because I think, I think those kind of conversations um, around around <laughs> academic work are really important to have, right? Like that, you know, the way. <laughs> The way uh, our own personal experiences play out, um, um, or <clears throat> uh, and yeah, how we approach what we're writing about. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, yeah, my comments couldn't possibly do justice to everything you've just brought up here, and I, w- I would love to hear more about it. Um, so, uh, sort of reluctantly now, um, in the interests of uh, of keeping this under an hour, I, I just or about an hour um i'd 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 like to turn to just asking both of you if if there's anything else you would like to add um before we wrap up and and maybe you know what's what's next for you both or, or what you're sort of working on right now if you'd like to share um that would be interesting for me to hear
2: yeah sure um well, so I have, uh, I have, basically I have a book coming out in March as well with Casemate called America's War in Syria. And um, I wrote it with two guys I met in Rojava, two of my battle buddies, um, one John Fox, former U.S. Marine, and Sean Murray, Royal Irish Regiment, British Infantry. And we basically use our personal story and what we, no, that's, let me, we use what we what we observed and our personal story um, to communicate and to structure America's war in Syria. And it's not written for an academic audience, it's written for an interested public, and so there's a lot of, um, yeah, it's fairly easy, it's easy to read, um, you get kind of, drawn into it. And um, in this book, so we, it's the first comprehensive structure really of America's war, very shadowy war in Northern Syria. And in the process, we, this book also talks about um, this whole, it picks up the debate about YPG, YPG and their links to PKK. Um, It picks up on the debate on what is Rojava actually about. So, I'd say it's one of the first attempts to make democratic confederalism, this inherently Middle Eastern version of democracy, an actual um, political theory, because it is. It's lived by. Uh, v- by a lot of people it's being implemented it's being um it's being worked with it's being adapted it's it applies to different religious groups ethnic groups right now so i think you know the book also tries to move beyond this very uh, very silly. Our Echelon had the idea he's PKK so it's about terrorism. No, it's not about terrorism. It's about gender equality and democracy. And so we're making this case and this is now coming out and while this is coming out, I've started working on a book on the our um, the female force we fought with. Um, So I'm plowing through the feminist literature on female fighters at the moment and um, I have the distinct feeling that what the YPJ actually does and what it contributes to the battlefield is completely, is completely missing from the debate. I'd say since in a very, very long time, um, the YPJ is the first female force that didn't mimic men as a unit, but they fought as women. And that's why they were so effective. And that's what we can learn from them. Um, so that's something I work on. And as you can see, like <laughs> during my PhD research and my writing, my supervisors always said, oh, you're writing too journalistic. You're writing too journalistic. Um, and I had to force myself to write academic. And now I, I write more on this journalistic first person perspective. And I, I enjoy it. <laughs> and so yeah um that's what i that's what i'm planning to do in the future
0: Right. thank you um, um and and uh james
1: <laughs> yeah i mean for me i in terms of you know field work um COVID of course which uh, rapidly kind of rewrote many secure many you know um situations of security insecurity in the use of uh, technologies and and, and uh, security guards you know um a, another story kind of puts put an end to you know uh, ongoing uh further uh field work so you know i had a project that would be building on work i'd done in the past um um, um in uh, in arabia um that would we'll be looking at gulf cities that would we'll be looking at migrant lives i've done this work with rabina mohammed who crops up in the book um because she's the mother of uh, said daughter jasmine jasmine layla uh we've been we've been doing this work for some years in in uh, in, in persian gulf cities um uh and i started Kind of extending this to the possibility of doing this in mecca and and, and and medina um that's had to stop uh before it could really start you know uh because of COVID. so the, the hope perhaps to go back to some of that work but i, I think one thing that uh, you know um as many many uh listeners uh, uh will have found is that uh, COVID has been you know a time to sit and read and do theory because you cannot do the empirical work that you might have, or certain kinds of empirical work have been closed off. And I think there's always, perhaps, this is a good way to close. There's always this this interesting relationship between doing empirical work um, and a kind of wider theoretical arc, you know. And I've, I've, I've as a geographer, I've, I've long felt, you know, as a discipline, we, this 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 relationship, this tension, this dialectic, if you like, um, between Theoretical work and and doing very different forms of grounded empirical work is really quite important, and so I suppose now I'm in a time when you know uh, because the kinds of grounded empirical work that I might want to do uh, have been um, halted, <laughs> uh, hopefully to <laughs> resume sooner rather than 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 later. Uh, to kind of make make more theoretical reflections, and and you know, having having got the book done, you know, I'm I'm kind of uh, again based upon really a, a whole lot of other uh, readings and and you know, personal uh, connections, you know, thinking about, and um, um, kind of also enlivened by the. Uh, extent of um, energy around Black Lives Matter, um, around black geographies, uh, which is also crops up in the closing of the book in terms of connections with um, uh, landscapes of security and insecurity in the United States um, uh, itself. Um, And and the book kind of closes with that, uh, because that was very much in the news just as we were finishing it. Uh, You know, with all of those uh, political, theoretical issues at stake, I'm kind of thinking through kind of what it means to kind of think about decolonial geographies and perhaps coming back, you know, to some of the issues that run through the book of of post-colonial sovereignty, uh, but also to kind of read decolonial geographies through the vast corpus of scholarship and practice that is Islam, you know, uh, part of which of course is that necessary critique of uh, of Islamic state uh, that till was talking about so I'll, I'll, this stretches my expertise but the literatures are vast fascinating rewarding And so I've been reading a lot of that that work and thinking in terms of how that might inform um, a future uh, book but it will also be good to get back to field work um, to get back um, to uh, getting away from the computer screen and uh, transecting space and place.
0: Yeah, I think we're all, uh, we'd all like to be back to that, right? Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you both um, so much. I, I think... Yeah, I mean, very different projects um, that you're working on now, but those all sound fascinating. Maybe I'll get to speak with you uh, about them on a future podcast. Um, for now, I think that's a great place to close. So this has been Catriona Gold, me, speaking with Till F. Pasha and James D. Sidaway, who are the authors of the fascinating new book, Transecting Security Scapes, Dispatches from Cambodia, Iraq, and Mozambique, released in December 2021 with the University of Georgia Press. If you listeners would like to pick up a copy, please consider ordering directly from the University Press or supporting your local bookstore. Friends don't let friends buy from Amazon. Thank you all for tuning in to the New Books Network, and thank you again so much for joining me and for everything you've shared today, Till and James.
2: Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot.